Hello and welcome to episode 30 of iPhone Life Podcast. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher of iPhone Life Magazine. I'm Donna Cleveland, editor-in-chief of iPhone Life Magazine. And I'm Connor Carey, feature web writer of iPhoneLifeMag.com. <laughs> iPhone Life Magazine, iPhoneLife.com. It's all part it's all of one umbrella. <laughs> and you write for both. It's all good. Uh, each week we go over the top tips, great gear, best apps. We got an awesome show for you today. We're going to talk about traveling. Uh, we're getting into travel season and Don and I had both recently been traveling overseas and thought it would be fun to share our experiences and the latest apps and gear we're using for that. So uh stay tuned for that uh but first let me tell you about iphone life tip of the day if you haven't signed up make sure you do so because it's free uh and every day we email you a tip something cool that you didn't know you could do uh so somebody's gonna tell me their favorite tip this week who is it i am all right connor what was your favorite tip Okay, my favorite tip from last week was how to quickly scroll to the top of your iPhone screen while sparing your thumb. So the idea is... <laughs> my so dramatic. poor thumb. <laughs> you can tell that was something Sarah wrote. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the idea is like if you're reading an article or you're scrolling through a list and you get far enough down a page that you don't want to sit there and constantly use your thumb to scroll to the top. Uh-huh. So to get around this, all you have to do is tap the time. So 1038, just tap 1038 at the top of your screen and it'll automatically go to the top of the page. So yeah, it's the it's the very top bar where it has the time and right. it has all the little mini mm-hmm. icons. If you tap that, it'll scroll. Uh, I use this all the time, especially like in email and in Facebook where you can like yeah. get pretty far down and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you want to go to the top. It's a pretty useful little tip. I always forget about this one, but yeah. it's, and so I'm always scrolling around. I should use this. Mm. I didn't even know about this one until I had to update the tip, and then I discovered it, and I was like, what have I been doing? <laughs> That's my favorite with the tip of the day, is even like this one, which I knew about, you forget all these little things and True. all these little yeah. tips, so it's nice to kind of get reminded. Uh, well, so, and also, I feel like I feel like eventually there's going to be a new hand disorder. That, like instead of carpal tunnel, <laughs> it'll be something for swiping. Because we do it so often, I so know. I feel like this could be good for your health. Yeah, yeah. Save the thumbs. We should start a hashtag. Uh, yeah, we should start a charity. iPhone Life charity. Save the thumbs. <laughs> um, so go to iPhoneLife.com/slash/daily/tip to subscribe and get get a cool little tip every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next, we're going to do an insider question. If you haven't heard of iPhone Life Insider, it's our premium subscription. And what you get when you subscribe to iPhone Life Insider, you get a video tip every day. So it's a video teaching you something new. You get in-depth video guides. Uh, and we just launched our iPhone 101 guide. You want to tell us a little bit about that, Donna? Yeah, so this guide, we just wanted to create something comprehensive that teaches you all of the basic things you should know as an iPhone user. So we cover security, messaging, uh, all the basic settings you should have on your phone, how to set up your phone if you're new. or iCloud, Apple ID. Yeah, like if you're switching from Android to, we teach you how to do that. So it's really, it's something that every iPhone owner can get something out of. Mm -hmm. It's great for if you're new to the iPhone, but even if you're not, it's something that it teaches you the foundation and all of us have missed little things that it it fills in the gaps, so so Mm -hmm. to speak. So you get in-depth video guides. uh, And in addition to that, you get a subscription to the magazine. You get access to all of our archives. We have over 500 tips and videos now. 
Uh, and you get to ask an editor. So you get to email us and ask us questions, and we'll get back to you within 48 hours. And uh, we sometimes read the questions and answers on air. So uh, Donna's going to read the, our favorite question from this week. Oh, and go to iphonelife.com insider to subscribe. So this week, we had a reader actually uh, write in and give us some more information about one of the tips that we'd done. So that was, uh, that was something that we wanted to share with you guys. Last week, we talked about how to password protect your notes. So now when you go into settings, notes, you have the option to set a password. And if you have a device that has Touch ID, you can set it up so that you can lock and unlock notes using Touch ID. But what we didn't know is that, oh, and in order to uh, lock a note, then you have to go into the notes app and lock them individually by tapping the share icon and then uh, tapping lock note. But what we didn't know is that um, notes actually lock themselves again after you've unlocked them. And so what happens, and I'll, I'll read you what Cal wrote in. <laughs> he said, um, so you might think that when you're done, you'll need to lock it again. Well, no, it's only unlocked until you lock the phone or let phone time lock itself. Then when you return, you'll find that the note has been, has been locked. So uh, if you close the notes app, by uh, going into the multitasking pane, so double tapping the home button and swiping up, it will lock the note again. Or if you just close the note by tapping the home button, pressing the home button once, if you wait, I think it's 15 minutes, it will lock itself again. So yeah, I mean, usually we're uh, helping our insiders, and this time our <laughs> insider helped us a little bit. Last week, I guess we gave you a little bit of incorrect information, uh, and then I proceeded to go on a really long rant about how upset I was at <laughs> Apple for this. So I'd like to apologize to Apple. <laughs> Don't apologize. It's still too complicated. <laughs> it's still too complicated. Good point. Apple, yeah. you're not off the hook. But this is a little bit better. It is. Because yeah. it actually is, I, I, now I understand the logic at least. It is nice to like, if you've unlocked a note, to be able to access it within 15 minutes if you're right. like, want to go back to refer to it. Uh, and the fact that you used to have to relock a note seemed the most egregious of Apple's faults Agreed. in the notes functionality. Yeah. So that mm -hmm. makes it a little bit better, but it's still notes is still a little bit more complicated than I feel it should be. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I also think having to tap the share icon to find the option to lock a note is really weird. Like, yeah, cause that's not really a share feature. Yeah. It's the weirdest. Yeah. So I feel like unless you have us to tell you how to do it, most people wouldn't probably know that they even had that option. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just bad UI, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> oh, one thing I didn't mention too is if you if you tap the sleep wake button, that locks it right away as well. Uh, so if it if, that's if, cool. you know if there are notes that are really private, I would use the sleep wake button or completely close out the apps. You don't have that window of fifteen minutes where yeah. it can be accessed. My other complaint with this locked functionality, and maybe there's a setting for it it's still in the preview of the notes shows you the first line or two. Really? Yeah. Oh, so like I had point. somebody looking over my shoulder the other day and I was writing notes and you could see kind of my list of all my notes. And there's a few in there that were like, you know, just kind of 
private thoughts that I'd had that I'd written down and I was like, oh, well, you know, it's locked, but oh they can gosh. see the preview. That's so true. I put in my uh, one password password into oh, don't notes. don't say that on the podcast, then... Donna. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to change it after this. There you go. Security alert. <laughs> and then I I, uh, I locked it and you can see the first two words. <laughs> That's much it. I'm going to go change that right away so no one, no one listening needs to try to hack into my phone. Also, just general security. Um, don't write your password down in notes, <laughs> even if it's a locked note. It feels a little bit insecure. Face. She was yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> but, well, what do you recommend doing? Because you know. I recommend remembering. Like, you only have to remember one password, which is the password to your one password. No, I think you. I totally disagree. I feel like okay. you need to write this down somewhere. At least, like, if you've generated a complicated password um, using something like one password until you know you have it memorized. You don't want to have it nowhere. That really stinks when you forget it. It's just that if somebody does manage to get access to your phone and, and can, I guess, yeah, I guess the lock notes makes it okay. It's or, still not I mean, great. what people say is to write it down somewhere, but that also seems really old school to me. Like, I would, put it in, I would do that. Write yeah. it down and put it in like a safe or something. I mean, <laughs> I mean here's what I do, and it's probably also not a good practice, but I make my one password something that isn't like a randomly generated 20-digit thing. It's something that is a little bit tricky, but it's easy enough for me to remember. Uh, and then mm -hmm. the other ones I do the random generated ones for. So that, uh, by the way, one password, let's back up here. We got right. into a whole topic. Yeah. Uh, one password is an app for managing passwords. And we're actually going to do an article coming up on this. Connor, you're working on that, right? Yeah, we'll do a roundup of the best password managers for mm -hmm. your iPhone. So it's a password manager, and what it does is it keeps track of all of your passwords, and it can keep track of your credit cards, mm -hmm. and it can randomly generate new passwords when you're creating new accounts and remember them for you so that when you're logging in, you just type, hit a button, pull up one password, and it'll automatically log you in, so you have the convenience of remembering your password, but the security of having randomly generated passwords. Mm -hmm. um, so this is what we're talking about. But then, of course, you need to have a password for your one master password. password. Your master <laughs> password. And mm -hmm. that is, what. Do you, how do you remember that? Because you can't put it in your password remembering app. <laughs> <laughs> and if you forget it, you're kind of in trouble. Yes, so. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so what one password recommended doing was they generated uh, passwords for you. And it was four four words, you know, they're randomly strung together, but they are words, so at least it's not like a 50-character random uh, thing. Like that. So that's something. And they said you should write it down somewhere until you, like, there's no rest. way you're forgetting it, and then you can throw away the password. So that's my plan. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, mine's just, like, short enough for me to remember, but that's probably right. not good either. <laughs> Connor, what do, you, what do you do here? Um, I just have, like, four revolving passwords oh, no. that I remember. Oh. I don't use anything like this. So um, for shame, for shame. Yeah, I feel like but. none of us are quite practicing <laughs> what we preach on this one, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm really happy working on this privacy guide because it's like a training for me as I'm like researching all this stuff. So yeah, the next guide we're coming out with for iPhone Life Insider is a privacy guide that's going to mm -hmm. go into best practices of how to manage your passwords and also how to make sure your phone's secure in every way, shape, or form. And we're interviewing a security expert and uh, you know I'll be on the line with Apple tech support, so I'm really like diving into it. So mm. look out for that guide. It's uh, going to come out in two and a half weeks. Look out for Donna to shame us and all of our security <laughs> practices moving forward. Um, moving right along, let's well, get in some news. Oh, Connor. Speaking of privacy and security, uh, 
security. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Tell us what, what's going on with Segway. Microsoft. <laughs> Microsoft is suing the Justice Department because it wants to let its users know when the government is monitoring their activity. So what has happened is there's a 30-year-old law that is allowing the government to access the cloud, and Microsoft has its own cloud too, to look at the emails and documents on the cloud and monitor those. And what Microsoft is doing is they're saying that law is too old to consider the internet and even if your information isn't in a in, isn't in a physical database, if it's on a remote database, it should still be protected. So they can't stop the government from looking in the cloud because they get warrants, you know, all the mm -hmm. legalities of it. But they want to be able to let users know when it's happening. Mm -hmm. They got like 5,000 requests to mm -hmm. look at users' data in the cloud and... Like 2,600 of those requests also included warrants to not tell the person. So it's definitely a debatable issue, but that's what's happening. All right. right. I don't even know where to start on that yeah. one. I mean, there's so many there's so many issues with this. I think we're going to need to get a legal expert in here again and talk about this one because yeah. I don't know. I don't know, like, what is normal for normal warrants? Like, do people get searched... Do their house get searched on a warrant and they don't get told? I guess I it probably happens. I don't think that's legal, though. The Fourth Amendment protects your right of search and seizure. So your your data in the cloud should include should be included under that Fourth Amendment right to know when the government is searching or seizing your information. Right. And, I mean, to me, the main takeaway is that Microsoft is really trying to make its stance clear that it... it I mean, there's this new kind of fight between the government and Silicon Valley, and Microsoft wants to make its stance clear, like, okay, we're on this side, we're, yeah. we're really wanting to protect our customers' privacy. I feel like that's really what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, the timing of it's interesting, of course, because it's mm -hmm. very close to the recent uh, run-ins between the FBI and Apple. And it's yeah. almost like, I mean, this has been going on since, I don't know, 2008 or something. Yeah, and so it's like, I, why, not, why yeah. did they wait until now to say anything? Exactly. And it's, you know. <clears throat> there, was, there was also another bill that was going to the Senate that I didn't read a lot into, but it was going to include that companies would be allowed to tell users. Okay. And then at the last minute before the Senate passed the bill, they got rid of that part. Mm. Oh, so, so Microsoft is pissed. Yeah, Microsoft <laughs> was like, we wanted that part. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, PR or representing the citizens, I think ultimately it's good to have someone with such a large platform be able to speak out about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the, this was always one of the most interesting parts to me about the Apple versus the FBI case was it was really a pretty fringe scenario because almost everybody's like everybody's email is certainly in the cloud and most people are backing up to their cloud. Yeah. Uh, and, and the FBI and the CIA and every NSA, all of those organizations can access anything that's in the cloud. Right. So really it was only because this phone had failed to back up properly that Apple and the FBI got into it. Um, and people were kind of freaking out about that. And I don't think they realized that it was only because of that little issue that that was happening. So yeah. I'm glad FBI, or I'm glad Microsoft 
is pushing the issue on the broader yeah. issue. Yeah, um, this really affects more of us. Yeah, and I think regardless of where you stand, and I think there's very legitimate points on both sides. Totally. We need to have a public conversation. This this can't be something that's happening and nobody knows it's happening and nobody's talking about it. And I'm glad yeah. that Microsoft is bringing this to light and making it more in the public's awareness so that we can all decide as a society right. where we want to draw the line between security and privacy. Yeah, I mean, I have to say that like all these issues have also just made me feel more uncomfortable with cloud storage, to be honest, because like you said, the Apple versus FBI case, uh, already it was a given that, that the FBI had access to iCloud backups. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that, if anything, surprised me. And then with this too, realizing that we're not, that you're not necessarily, um, you can't take for granted that your cloud, that what you're putting in the cloud is safe. safe. Yeah. Which, you know, it's like people have a lot of trust in that. Right. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. Makes absolutely. me uneasy. It makes me, it makes me uneasy and a hypothetical. I, have, I certainly haven't stopped backing up to the cloud or anything. <laughs> That's true. Neither. So, you know. Um, but I'm glad we're having the public discourse. All right. Next news item. Uh, Apple's rehauling their app store. What's going on? So... The Apple Store is considering doing a search overhaul um, to aid in app discovery and particularly for like lesser known apps to be able to have a chance to kind of get their product out there. Um, and then it said Apple hired about 100 people to help with this. And the main feature that we're hearing about is the potential for developers to pay Apple to rank their apps higher on the list. Right. So this would be a lot like right now when you Google something, there are sponsored results that show up at the top. So this would allow something like that to, to happen in the app store. Right. Um, and I mean, this is a big, I mean, this is something that app developers are following closely because right Definitely. now discoverability is a huge issue with a million and a half mm -hmm. apps in the app store. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's hard to get discovered. So like, you know, so this could benefit them in some ways if they come up with a more sophisticated way for people to find good apps. But the whole paid search, it could it's not... You know, yeah. Depending the, on how much money app developers have, could be. The key is like not an advantage, right? The key is that just because someone's paying for the apps to be ranked higher, that it's still a solid app. Like if yeah. we start seeing more apps that are still really good apps but are less known, we're all going to be super happy about the change. But if we just see random apps because they were paid to be there, I think people won't like the feature. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. So I. I mean. It's it's funny timing because we were just as a company yesterday just talking about how bad the App Store was and brainstorming <laughs> ideas that for Apple to make it better, um, and so I'm glad to hear they're I'm glad to hear they're retooling yeah. it. I mm -hmm. think the biggest change that I'm looking for is the ability to search by kind of categories and keywords, mm -hmm. because right now, let's say I want to find a good app for running. There's no way to just search for running apps. What I have to search for is if I type in running, it'll find me all the apps with the name running, with the word running in the name. And, right. and, it, and yeah. apps can add running to keywords, so that helps a little bit. But there's no way as a user to kind of filter like the top ranked running apps. Totally. Um, so that's a pretty basic functionality for yeah. search that I would I know, love to see them get. it's kind of surprising get. that Apple, that, that right now it's so bad. It's, yeah, it really is. Uh, and it's frustrating as an app developer that it, there's not a lot of tools out there to have control over how people find you. You're really at Apple's mercy and their algorithms aren't very good. Um, mm -hmm. 
as far as the sponsored thing goes, I don't mind that. Um, I mean, Go- especially if it says sponsored, and it will, like, I mean, yeah. like Google yeah. says, yeah. and a lot of times it's usually like a bigger company, so it is something somewhat solid. You mm-hmm. know, like it's usually not some. Well, and if, if you're wary of it, you can just not follow the sponsored. You totally. know, and, and like Google's been doing it for years, and I, it's like I've never had a problem with that. No, sometimes I find what's sponsored to be helpful, actually. Y- yeah, and so, sometimes I'll actually go on my way to search for sponsored type things. Like, yeah. for example, if I'm trying to remember a competitor. I'll, I'll search the name and see because usually the yeah. competitors will have the advertisement <laughs> up top and I'm like, oh, what was it? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, and also I can tell you as an app because we have an app, of course. And, you know, there's not a lot of good ways to have paid acquisition for your app. There's not a mm-hmm. lot of marketing tools available to app developers. And the fact that Apple is a giving you a marketing tool. So if you have a good app, you, it's one more resource to be able to promote it. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like a, overall any changes to the App Store are are welcome for me because I'm happy to hear that. It's it's kind of a mess right now. <laughs> you were mentioning, David, yesterday that it could work more like Spotify search. Well, you, could you explain that a little bit? Well, Spotify in general is doing a really good job with machine learning. They're really <laughs> just awesome about it. And what they do is they look at uh, all the songs you've been listening to lately and then what they'll do is they'll look at other people in the playlists that they have, and if, if they have those songs on your on a playlist, they'll look at what other songs they have on a playlist that you haven't listened to yet. That's really cool. It's yeah. amazing, and they have, and then and then they put together playlists for you every week called Discover Weekly. We did, right. we talked about this in a podcast. Anyway, it to me that's kind of the future of all of these things where algorithms utilize the power of human. Yeah, searching and human stuff mm-hmm. because in general humans are better at putting together playlists than machines are. Mm-hmm. Humans are better at finding running apps and, and evaluating them. And uh-huh. so you know, Apple could do something like that where they could see, okay, well, you have this app on your phone. Here's other apps that people like you have on their phone. Uh, yeah, things like that. I would love that. And, and you know, here's the most popular running app, not just in terms of downloads, but in terms of usage, for example. Mm. So there's a lot you can mm-hmm. do. Um, and I think Apple really needs to tap into machine learning. And that's kind of, in my mind, the future of all of these algorithms is that machine learning. Yeah, so this is an exciting, a potentially exciting update. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Apple Watch. We're not, getting, we're not getting a new Apple Watch anytime soon? Well, there's, there's a couple different rumors floating around about this. Some people are suggesting that this fall we'll see a minor Apple Watch S update which would probably keep the same, you know, outer hardware, but upgrade all the internal workings. Mm -hmm. Um, And then suggesting that it won't be till next year that we actually see the Apple Watch 2. However, I've also heard another rumor that we'll see a small upgrade to the Apple Watch at WWDC in June. Right. So it's a little bit all over the place, but I could could understand there being a Apple Watch S in the fall. Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing I was most disappointed about with these rumors, whether it's in June or whether it's the fall, is that we're not going to get like a significantly faster processor this year. They're mm-hmm. saying that the next year's watch will be fast because right now, like that—that's my biggest complaint. I really yeah. like my Apple Watch, but it's there's like a really long lag time when yeah. you open apps and yeah. try to do anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they—they they made it better with WatchOS two. 
it's a little, little bit it's faster i mean definitely Is like the, well, the sometimes the weather app <laughs> used to be really slow for me to upload and now it opens pretty quickly oh that's true um yeah it seems like the built-in apps are better than third party yeah right. but it's pr- still it's pretty surprising i mean usually we talk about for apple oh well the iphones become a pretty mature product so they don't have huge updates every year because they've been at it for almost 10 years yeah. now but apple watch they yeah. came out with one i'm surprised they can't like iterate faster on this there are so many amazing upgrades you could do that we would be so happy about like like yeah. what actually because my next point was going to be like i can't actually think of why other than a faster processor what i would want what what would you want out of a new the apple num- watch okay there are two major things i would like okay good i'm, <laughs> first- glad, I'm glad you thought this through <laughs> i've been thinking about it for a while okay first i want it to detach from my phone like i want to be able to do more without my iphone mm. that's that's just number one okay number two waterproof yeah. Waterproof. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we have an update for you guys on that because I've been pretty cavalier in terms of just trusting that it is waterproof, even right. though they're not advertising it as that. Uh, and my Apple Watch is fine, but yeah. Sarah, who's our other editor, our web editor, who's not here today, she took Tim Cook's cue. Tim Cook uh, said he uses his Apple Watch in the shower, and so she thought it would be okay. Dun, dun, dun. And, and her Apple Watch stopped working. <laughs> I know, yeah. So it's like taken a year for that to be a problem because I'm pretty sure she always showers with it. But mm-hmm. nah, like one too many times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going swimming with it yeah. and all that. So Mine was acting really buggy for a week after I'd gotten it wet. So really? I mean, wow. I feel like you have to be careful. All right. See, yeah. and I have well, there you go. I have avoided water with like a ten foot pole with this thing <laughs> as much as possible. All right. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I'm surprised they aren't upgrading it. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm glad that they're not just upgrading it for the sake of upgrading. Like if they ha- if they're not ready for like real meaningful features, I'm glad that they're waiting. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm gonna go on record and say they probably won't do release a product in June. That's WWDC, and that's usually their software updates. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd be really shocked. I'd be surprised. They probably will announce watchOS 3 then, and then if they come out with a new uh, Apple Watch, it'll be in the fall. It'd be my guess, but, you know. Yeah. And the one thing you were saying about more features being standalone, my only hesitation with that is I don't know that I would want the watch to actually have a cellular connection. Mm-hmm. because of radiation. I mean, mm-hmm. like having that right on your wrist, that seems like more of a concern. I'm not at all worried about Bluetooth. Yeah. But, I mean, that's something that there is some research out there about. Yeah. I don't know. That would make me uneasy. I don't necessarily need to, like, take calls or do text messages without my phone, but mm-hmm. the other activities that go along with it, like it, if you if you made it completely standalone except for text messaging and calling, I would be happy with that, too. Because I never mm. take calls on my wrist, but... So what activities do you want to be doing that it doesn't I'm afraid you? to list them because you might even tell me that I'm no. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, like fitness, fitness you can do right now for the most part, but it doesn't have GPS. There so you if they go. added GPS to it, that would be yeah, really cool. That, GPS would be great. Yeah, things like that. Little tweaks like yeah. that that would just make it worth it. Yeah, yeah, they could do more. In general, I would love for them to retool their fitness uh, functionality. Yeah. I think they could do more, yeah. Like, for example, they need to really include uh, non-cardio-based things. Like, if you're True. doing weightlifting or just anytime you're not moving, it's like it doesn't really even count as fitness. And to also add more recommendations, because right now, and context, because they'll, like, tell you that... Um, like what your heart rate is, but not kind of what it should be or what you should be mm-hmm, reaching for. Mm-hmm, yeah. And the, also one of my bigger complaints is 
I, they want you to, to work out, get 30 minutes of exercise a day. Uh, and for me, it tends to be like, I'll go, when I do work out, it'll be for an hour or two hours, but I can't do that every day. And so mm-hmm. I'd rather have right. weekly goals than daily goals. That would be really nice. Yeah. Otherwise, you just feel like a failure. Even, <laughs> if, even if you've decided to work out three times a week. Yeah. You know? No, I'll Which have... I'll, yeah, That's true. Totally. I'll have weeks where I'll work out four or five times and it, Apple Watch is telling me I'm failing and it's, it oh. makes me angry, okay? It really, really hurts. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to uh, Apple. Let's move on to our complaints and things we learned this week. Donna, you oh, want to go first? Oh, man. I totally failed on this section. I have nothing. Oh, no. Donna, look at me. I've been, I've been thinking about this for the past two hours, and I haven't come up with you guys anything. You haven't learned a single thing this week? Oh. I could still complain about the same things as last week, but that doesn't seem like a great idea. No, all right. All <laughs> David, right. do you have anything for us? Yeah, David, you. I have one. This is both a complaint and a thing I learned. Cool. Uh, and I haven't told you guys this because I've been really embarrassed about it. Oh. All right. Getting ready. I was a victim of eBay fraud. What? What yeah. happened? I sold my iPhone on eBay <gasps> for the first time. Oh no. And I got I I was a victim of fraud. And it was totally my fault. It was like the dumbest thing in the world. Um <laughs> but I like never fall for these things and so I felt really annoyed. So, okay. I made the mistake. The first mistake I made was I I put I listed my phone and the um the auction expired while I was on vacation. So when it expired, I like then had to take care of it. I was on vacation, so I wasn't paying as much attention as I normally would have. The person sent me a message saying, oh, my credit card's been charged, and the, the amount is waiting for you. And I, I'm, I know not to just like take their word for it. And so I went and looked in the portal, and I saw um, payment. I saw a, what I read as awaiting payment, or payment awaiting $250, and I interpreted it as, okay, well, this is the payment that's awaiting me. And oh. I it was an iPhone, and I it was an iPhone 5s for 250 bucks. I was pretty psyched about that. It was a good amount of money, and I was like, okay, well, this is the money awaiting me. I'll just ship it. After I shipped, I went and reread it, and it was the money, the payment that was I was awaiting yeah. payment. So you paid them. I had sold it. Uh-huh. I thought that they had already paid me. Oh, gotcha. But actually, that was the money that I was still waiting for them to pay me. But the combination oh, yeah. of them emailing me. And uh, right. and it's say, sitting there and saying that, and the person had really good like reviews, hmm. and so I kind of was a little bit more trusting of them than I normally would have, and a little hmm. bit more nonchalant. Anyway, so I shipped the phone, never got paid. A few oh. a, a week after I shipped it, eBay emails me, and they're like, "Oh, by the way, that's a fraudulent person. Don't ship it." Oh my god! Oh no! Yeah. So I called the eBay, and I like I went on a whole big ordeal, and they told me to go get a police report. So oh, I got wow. a police report, and then I called back, and they're like, "I'm like, why should I get a police report?" And and, and they're and they're like, "Oh, well, maybe once you get a police report, we can like help you out." So I called, got a police report, called them back, and like, "Oh yeah, there's nothing we can do." <laughs> oh no! So well, how hard was it to get a police report? Did it was just... actually really easy. I, like I know. just could do it over the phone. They just called <laughs> me and they said what what happened. And I said that. It was eBay fraud, and they right. sent me a police report. So that part was easy. But then they're like, well, there's really not much we can do. Like, we can call the – it was in New Jersey. They're like, we can call the police in New Jersey, <laughs> but they're not going to do anything. And, like, they're not going to prosecute the person in Iowa. Right. So it really – the moral of the story is just <laughs> don't be stupid. <laughs> don't ship your phone until you're paid. Yes, and yeah. double and triple check to make sure you're paid, and it should yeah. show up in your eBay account, and you should be able to see it. 
Yeah, that stinks though. It really sucked. It really sucked. And I was like, I was so annoyed because I just like, it was such a stupid thing. Like I should have known better, but what are you going to do? Oh, I, I, oh, now that we're confessing stupid things. Oh, good. I can go back to, it can be the iPhone confessional. (laughs) Ooh, I like this as a new section. Yeah. (laughs) As Um, long as I don't have to do it usually. (laughs) I don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast, but when I broke my screen. No, yeah, I I keep wanting to bring it up and not wanting to shame you for it. (laughs) It was my favorite Donna story. Oh, that's right. (laughs) So I'm really klutzy and um, I had a, I usually have a screen protector on my phone. And apparently what happened was that I dropped my phone with the screen protector on, broke the screen protector, took it off, didn't notice that I'd taken it off. <laughs> or forgot. I'm sure yeah, you noticed at forgot, the time. Forgot. And then dropped it again a few <laughs> couple weeks later, no. broke my screen and had it without any recollection of taking the screen protector off. I was convinced that I just, I'm like, oh, no, no, it's fine. I just broke my screen protector. So I was walking, I was going, I went to the Verizon store, which, you know, is my carrier, and had them look at it and would ask, I'm like, I can't get this screen broken screen protector off, but I know there's like a good screen <laughs> underneath there. So they were picking at it, and I had, um, uh, I called the screen protector company that and asked them about it, and they were giving me instructions, and it was like the weirdest thing because none of their instructions were working, and I couldn't get it off. And finally, Verizon, like, they tried to get it off and just cracked through the screen even worse. And they're like, sorry, honey, there is not a screen protector here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My favorite part of the story was Donna, t- at one point through this ordeal, gave it to me. And I'm like, maybe I can get it off. And I'm like, Donna, because screen protectors usually – you can see like a little yeah, bit of an it. edge. Yeah, and like I was like, mine has an edge here. I, yeah, I was like, Donna, I don't see an edge here. Are you <laughs> sure there's a screen protector? And she goes, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a super special screen protector. <laughs> <laughs> they just sent it to me. It was a prototype. <laughs> like she had this whole story about about this. And I was like, This doesn't make any okay. sense, but okay. <laughs> well, the one I've had on before, in my defense, did have a tapered edge. So I was like. But it wasn't that tapered. <laughs> like, no, 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 this is a really special. Yeah, I was so sure of myself that it made it especially embarrassing when I like realized what had happened. Well, in the you were so sure of yourself that everyone in the office was trying to help you, and it yeah. became an office-wide yeah. ordeal. And, and then, then you had to come and tell us all <laughs> that really yeah. there was no screen protector. Yeah. So that was bad. I, that, that was bad. So the learning there, I don't know. <laughs> I don't don't know be an idiot. A, well, I mean, the lesson there is have a glass screen protector. Yeah. And I'm actually yeah. learning that lesson right now because I took my glass screen protector off for some stupid reason. I was at CS and some guy told me that he had like a liquid screen protector that like made my phone extra protected but didn't what? need a screen protector. You just like spray it on or something? Yeah. And I didn't That's really weird. believe him, but I like gave it a shot and figured I'd put a glass screen protector on later and then never got around to it. And now my screen's kind of all scratched up. I haven't oh, broken no. it yet, but my screen's a little scratched up. So don't use those sprays, I guess, is our advice here. Yeah, or just don't. It's not the same. It's not the same, that's yeah. all. Like, you it can use it. It also seems weird. Like, that seems like the kind of thing that you wouldn't, like, if, if you by accident sprayed it on your skin or something. Like, that doesn't seem like something that'd be good for you. <laughs> you know? No, I don't no. know. Well, I want either that, that or around. it's just completely useless and it's just water and who cares? Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. But yeah, as we've said many times on this podcast, we highly recommend glass screen protectors. It feels like a normal screen. It has a nice tactile feel to it. 
but you're protecting your screen for when you drop it or even the little scratches. And I think really what happened to me is just I keep my phone in my pocket and I try to keep my keys in my phone in different pockets, but every once in a while I don't. Yeah, scratched. Yeah. All right, well, you guys failed on the uh, (laughs) things you learned front. Let's move on to apps and gear that you guys have discovered or used this week. I see notes Mm -hmm. here, so clearly you guys (laughs) did your homework a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Daycap is an uh, an app that one of our writers introduced me to. She did a roundup of like GIF creating apps. Okay. And cool. so this, you take pictures from your day, um, like you can take them throughout the day, and it creates a GIF that's a sequence, and it has mm. a little timestamp on it, so that you can just, if you're like on a trip or doing something cool, you can share that, and it'll, you know, just give someone a quick idea of what you did that day. That's and really cute. Yeah, it's really cute. I like it. I I used a different app. I, I can't remember what it was called now, but it's made by Instagram, and they do they create little looping GIF things too that were fun. Hmm. You'd like, boomerang. Boomerang. There you go. You'd like you take a picture, or like you you open up Boomerang, and you'd like everyone would do a little movement, and then it would do this little loop thing. Yeah. It was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. I'll try. Uh, yeah. Uh, is that a free app or is it? Yeah, paid it's app? free. Okay, cool. Cool. I'll have to get it. Then. Connor. I have been trying out STM's Haven Backpack, okay. and it is the most amazing backpack I've ever used. Oh. Like there are so I love many. STM. I do too. Mm-hmm. And this backpack has so many pockets and just like organization to the max. They they kind of brand it as something that can be used for like short and long trips, and I could see how that's possible. You'd like the back pocket, you have room for your laptop and your iPad. The center pocket, you could put clothes or cords and accessories. And then there's front for like your wallet, um, miscellaneous. It even has like charging cord integration. So if you have like a, a um, what's it called? Like a, a travel bank, charging bank, then you can put it in a pocket and cord or loop the cord through the backpack so you can charge your devices while you're on the go. That's awesome. So does it come with a charging bank? It doesn't okay. come with does it. it. Do they make one that you can buy that's like specifically made for them? I, I'm not sure about that. Okay, because I've seen a few other companies do that pretty yeah. well. They'll have like a battery pack integrated into it. Yeah. Um, uh, that's cool. I remember at, um, at a CES, there was one that was like 20 pounds though or something. It was like oh. this intense. It was some, it had like a big battery in yeah, it. And I yeah, wouldn't yeah. want something like that. We gave one, we gave an award at last CES to uh, Tilt, T-Y-L-T. And they had just come up, with, come out with a backpack that oh, looked cool. pretty nice and it had that functionality, which was cool. How does yeah. this one look? Is it stylish? It looks really good. I got Moroccan blue. Ooh. So it's this like pretty dark <laughs> muted navy blue color. Uh, right. I really like it. <laughs> now, the backpack I have currently, it's not really like a particularly tech backpack, and mm-hmm. I, I, I've been thinking about getting a new one, but the feature that it has that I just love and why I've kept it, it's a TSA-approved backpack. Oh, yeah. So you can, like, it, you keep your laptop in a separate uh, pocket is the rest of your stuff, and when you're at uh, the airport, you can, un- oh, this is good for my travel section. Yeah. Shoot, I got ahead of myself. <laughs> Definitely, like I was gonna say, her backpack sounds great for yeah. travel. Also. All right, yeah. Well, just, on theme. Okay, on theme. There we go. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you can unzip it. Uh, there's like this little like the backpack splits into two parts. It's still connected in one part, but it unfolds into one long uh, oh, wow. backpack. And so that way, you don't have to take your your laptop out of your bag when you're at the airport. That is cool. And I yeah. like that. It's an it's a like I travel enough where it's a handy feature for me. Totally. 
Okay, my product is, uh, I try to talk about products that are pretty affordable because I know people don't like to spend a lot of money. This is not one of those products. <laughs> <laughs> I got a speaker. It's a $2,000 Bluetooth speaker. Holy and moly. And I am obsessed with it. It's called... <laughs> I, I uh, hope you are. Yes, yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's called, I don't know if it's DVLA or DVLet. Um, you guys can help me guess whether which mm, one of those man. two. And it's called... The I'm not even going to be One of those two, and it's called The Phantom. We'll put a link to it, iphonelife.com slash podcast. We'll put a link to all the stuff we talk about. Um, and what it does, first of all, I'm really sad because they're going to make me send it back. I didn't buy it. Aww, it's like a sample unit. Right. And normally they let me, I'll let you guys all in in a secret. Usually they let us keep this stuff. Right. So we get lots of free cool gear that we talk about on the podcast. But they're going to make me send it back. And <laughs> now I can never listen to anything else. It's Whoa. like so much better. So here's what it does. It's um, rather than using wires to conduct the electricity yeah it uh does uh what's the word i'm looking for not combustion but uh it starts with an i uh oh i had i had notes on this and everything i'm gonna click on it and see i have it open um it looks very space age it's very yeah if it's kind of it's i have mixed feelings about how it looks i tend to like the kind of classic look of like retro stuff and this is very like futuristic and fancy looking um but it 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 doesn't have any wires and um i'm drawing a blank on the word but basically what that means is that um you can play the music as loud as you want and you don't have any distortion at all what and i'm not somebody that listens to music loud particularly but it is so crisp like it is the most like impressive sounding speaker i've ever heard as far as like a bluetooth speaker goes i know (laughs) i know right i just did a sigh yeah that'll be great for our iphone life dance party (laughs) it will be because you can play the music really loud and the bass is like so the whole speaker like like moves it's this weird thing where it's like it's shaped in the form like a pill, and on the side there's these two like round, uh, I don't know what to, how to, like round, rounded dome type <laughs> objects, and they like move in and out as the music is playing, and it's like this weird what? phenomenon, but it, it sounds so good. So uh, they they have two versions. One is two thousand dollars, which I got. One is uh, wow. I think it's uh, like twenty five hundred. Mine is like 750 watt, mm. and the the 2500 one is 3000 watt. Oh my god! I really want that one now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm obsessed with the speaker. So if you if money is no object and you really want a good Bluetooth speaker, definitely check it out, and we'll link to it. They have send a, us one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bring it to the office for you guys to play with. Uh, they have a free 30 day trial too. Wow. So cool. if you think you might like it but aren't sure, you can try it out. Um. I'm going to review it in the magazine, and then I'll have all the technical details. And I, I'm, I'm still trying to understand why the way they do it is better than, like, the wires. Hmm. Um, but I'll get to the bottom of it and let you guys know. Very awesome. cool. It sounds like some mythical creature, the way you described the way it looks. <laughs> I know. The phantom. Well, go, we'll, we'll put a link to it, too, so you can see what it looks like, because I'm struggling to describe it. Uh, but So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast, and we'll link to it, too. All right, let's move on to the travel section. Summer travel season. Summer travel. Okay, 
So let's start with international travel because we've been doing a lot of international travel. Yeah. Um, what are some things you learned from your trip, Donna, in terms of international travel? Well, the first thing I needed to figure out before I left for my trip was how I was going to be able to use my phone. And, you know, I've had fr have friends who just got a SIM card when they got to the country that they were visiting mm -hmm. and switched that out themselves. And that's probably your most affordable option because they're really cheap. You can get them in gas stations in a lot of countries and switch it out yourself. But in um, India is where I was traveling, and I talked to some people who said that it's difficult to get a SIM card. So hmm. you like need a, to make a copy of your passport, which, you know, it's, it's hard to get things like there aren't just stores everywhere where you can make copies of things. And right. Yeah, so there is a bit of a process, and then somehow the government was involved. So I decided not to. I decided just not We've to do that. We've already established we don't like the government being involved. <laughs> well, there's just hoops, and like apparently it could take up to two weeks to oh get, and I was only going to be there for two weeks. Yeah. So um, I called up Verizon and just asked them what their international calling plans are, and they it was like $40 to get... Um, uh, 100 minutes, and then also 100 megabytes of data. Okay. Um, and that's not very much data at mm -hmm. all, no, if I'm... you're familiar. Um, and for 250 megabytes, I could get, uh, it would cost $85. Oh, so wow. I decided to go with that, even though it's, you know, kind of mm -hmm. a lot. So this is probably not your most uh, affordable way to go. Um, but I didn't want to risk going over that and then paying way more. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what I recommend if you do this is that you go into settings, cellular, and then you'll have the option to reset statistics. So I, if you scroll to the bottom. So I did that the day that I left on my trip. And that way, um, when you are looking at how much roaming, or where is it? If you're looking under how much um, data you've used for that pay period it will start at zero. So that way I could track how many megabytes of data I'd used. And I went like up to 240 oh, on my trip. But you know, if sweet. I hadn't been tracking it, I would have definitely gone over that. Yeah. So this way, only if it was basically an emergency, would I turn my uh, cellular data on. Mm. And the rest of the time I would keep it off and just use Wi-Fi when I wanted to communicate with like family back home and stuff. Gotcha. But the quality, at least in India, the quality of the signal was great. And it would just, you know, Verizon has deals with different uh, networks over there. And so it would just always connect you to the best network in the area. And I had a really good experience that way. Mm. That's good. See, it, th this is fun because I did the opposite. Yeah, let's hear about nice. this. Yeah. Okay, well, I was in New Zealand. So I was less of a developing country. Uh, probably was a little bit easier. But I, I went, and when I got there, I just got a SIM card, uh, popped it in, and I had to create an account. How much did it cost? I mean, the SIM card was, like, free. But then you have to create an account with this with mm. this provider. It ended up, it was a lot better of a deal. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, first of all, New Zealand, the exchange rate's pretty good right now. So mm. right off the bat, that helped me. Um, I think I ended up, all told, for the, for the month that I was there, paying about 40 bucks. But mm -hmm. I had, I mean, I think I had two gigabytes of data. Wow. Nice. Yeah, and unlimited talking text to New Zealand, not here. Mm. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Um, and, and and what it allows, because you can get by with 250 megabytes, but then you're really kind of using it for emergencies. Right. But what this allowed me to do is to use my phone for travel. Right. So I could play music. I could stream from Spotify like I normally would. I could... Um, 
And most importantly, I could research stuff. I could use maps when I was walking somewhere. I could research the best restaurant on data. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I definitely, I don't, it must vary country to country, but it, it's probably worth at the, researching it before you go. And honestly, you can probably call up Verizon from there. So, or whatever, mm. we're, we're on Verizon, but whatever service you're on. Um, so it's probably worth, if you can't find stuff ahead of time, just showing up and trying to get a SIM card. And if you can't, then find some Wi-Fi and call Verizon Yeah. or or whatever. Yeah, I feel like for going to India, and it was my first time going mm-hmm. to a developing country, it was really nice having my phone just work right away yeah. because I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Like that was like my lifeline was having yeah, my phone. No, totally. But if I was going, if I think if I went to any country, like if I went to Europe, I would do the SIM card and mm-hmm. definitely because I also went to Italy a few years ago and I did not get a SIM card and I had friends who did. And they spent something, I feel like they spent like $10 and then did whatever they wanted and had their phone the whole time. Yeah. Wow. And I was jealous that I didn't go that route. <laughs> At that time, there was the whole unlocking phone issues, which we don't really have anymore. Yeah. And that was, this was the first time I'd done the SIM card, even though I, I travel internationally a lot because I just never bothered to have to unlock the phone. So how it used to be is you were locked into a carrier. So mm-hmm. if you had Verizon, your phone was locked into Verizon. And if you went overseas, you couldn't necessarily use other companies. Mm-hmm. But then a new law was passed in the U.S. forcing the, comp- the carriers to not, al- to not lock phones. Mm-hmm. So now if any phone you get from any, characters, uh, from any carrier is unlocked, right? right? Yeah. So now you can switch. I mean, first of all, you could switch as long as you're on a contract from Verizon, AT&T, whatever. But you can also mm-hmm. switch to other carriers. Now, are there still CDMA and, and GSM phones? Yeah. So there's you can't go back and forth? How does that work? Oh. I feel like the iPhones can go back and forth now. Yeah, I, I don't know what the deal is with that in terms of in terms of international travel, to be honest. Um, but I think like it de- the SIM card you get mm-hmm. varies whether you have you get a different kind of SIM card for a GSM phone versus a CDMA phone. So you probably just have to like know which one you have and then let when you're buying a SIM card. We'll look it up. I think the yeah. phone, the iPhones now, they're making one phone that handles both. But we'll have uh-huh. to look that up and, and get back to you guys on that one. Yeah. But the main, yeah, we'll look that up and, and include that in the blog post. But um, the main thing now, though, is you don't need to let your carrier know or figure out a way to unlock your phone in mm-hmm. order to get a SIM card in another country, which is a big be, deal. Yeah, it used to be sketchy. You kind of had to know somebody who knew somebody sort of a thing, and now oh, it's yeah. like you just do it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's worth mentioning is T-Mobile lets you have international calling as part of their standard plans, is my understanding. Really? That's awesome. It doesn't cover all countries, but it covers quite a few. So especially, like, say you're going, I mean, it's really annoying when you go to Canada. It's like, really, <laughs> it's pretty close by, <laughs> and, and suddenly you're on an international calling plan. But T-Mobile, mm-hmm. there's def, definitely Canada and Mexico, and I think it covers you on quite a few countries. I feel like Sprint also has Mexico and Canada covered. Okay. But. So, yeah, we should follow up with you guys on yeah. that, too, at phonelife.com slash podcast. Um, let's talk about, I think we don't have too much time left, but let's just maybe go into some of our favorite apps and gear and tips from traveling. I know, Connor, you have yeah. a good tip for international texting. 
Yeah, I actually have a few tips, but I'll just scatter over them real quick. And then if you want to get the step-by-step, the links will be on iphonelife.com slash podcast. A really great one is how to send international text messages. And there's two different ways you can do this easily. The first one, or either way, you're going to want to turn off cellular, turn on iMessage for option one, make sure you're connected to Wi-Fi, and then you can communicate using iMessage over Wi-Fi with any other iPhone users. But and you know that you're not being charged for cellular data because you right. turned off cellular. Exactly. <laughs> but let's say you have some family member who uses Android. I know. How dare Boo. them? <laughs> <laughs> so if that's the case, WhatsApp is a great app to download in order to send text messages over Wi-Fi through the app. You'll still want to turn off cellular just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And you have to be connected to Wi-Fi, but it's a great way to be able to message anybody on any phone. And make calls from anywhere. over Wi-Fi. Yeah, WhatsApp yeah. also lets you make calls. Absolutely. I also, I know people are like really high on WhatsApp right now, but uh, mm-hmm. I, did, I just use Messenger. Facebook Messenger works just fine for the that same too. thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they obviously have to have Facebook and use Messenger, but then most more people use Messenger than WhatsApp in the U.S., True. It, WhatsApp's huge in other countries. Yeah, in India it was huge. Yeah, I mean, most people in other countries don't even use text messages. They just use WhatsApp. Yeah. Uh, but for if you're from the U.S. and you're using this in the U.S. Uh, and then you travel to other countries, I just use Facebook Messenger and you can make phone calls over Wi-Fi and you can message people and it was all totally fine. Yeah. So whatever you'd prefer. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Um, another great one is how to get quick access to your boarding pass with the wallet app. Mm. I don't know if either of you did I've this. I've done this, yeah. It's my favorite new thing with traveling that awesome. you don't have to carry boarding passes anymore. It's yeah. so nice. So all you have to do is you go into the wallet app and you add a pass by pressing the plus sign. Um, and then you're going to want to find apps for wallets. So you need to download the app for your airline that you're traveling with or plan mm-hmm. to travel with. Yeah, I've used United. I, yeah, I've done United, Southwest, Delta. They all have apps. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Even Allegiant has an app. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Allegiant. I know. <laughs> so then once you have the app and you've checked in, you can locate your boarding pass. There's usually a little button that shows the wallet icon that says add to wallet that you can click and you'll have your boarding pass in your wallet app. So when you come up to the desk, you're not like searching through your bag trying to find it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can either use it on your Apple Watch or on your phone screen and check in. Yeah. Now I have a few. I have a few complaints for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, you can't do your Apple Watch very well. Sometimes you can, but some of the scanners actually uh, are, like have like a slot for sticking the piece of paper, and so the Apple Watch oh. like your wrist can't fit in. And you can do it if you take yeah. off your watch, but that's pretty stupid. Yeah. So At that Apple point, Watch, just get your phone out. I yeah. tried it once, and I went through this mm-hmm. ordeal, and I went from feeling like I was going to look really cool to just looking like a total <laughs> moron, <laughs> like taking off my watch and sliding it in there. Um, that's complaint number one. So I recommend keeping it on your phone as opposed to your Apple Watch, even though you look pretty slick with your Apple Watch. Um, complaint number two is that at least for Southwest, and I think this is for most or all, because I think it's part of the Apple Watch functionality, is it, it kept my old boarding passes. So like with a boarding pass, you huh. get it, you use it, and mm. then you get home and you're done. Right. But they were like still in my Apple wallet, and I had to like go in and manually clear them out. Mm. And the next time I went to do a trip, I didn't realize this, and all of a sudden I had like 
I had like three or four boarding passes I had to sort through. Totally. Um, right. So I actually tend to not use wallet for this. I tend to just keep, they text message me the, uh, they text message you the the passport or the, not passport, the like QR code? Yeah, the whole. The whole shebang. Yeah, the whole shebang. Uh, and so I just tend to do that. But one tip I have if you're doing that. Like your boarding pass? Yeah, the airline te- will. F- what they do is they text message you a link to the boarding pass. Okay. And then you click on that link and it pulls it up on their browser. Okay. And that tends to be the easiest way for me, but what always happens, somehow it's this weird Murphy's Law thing. <laughs> I get to the front of the line, I, I go to hand in my thing, I, I, I open up that link, and suddenly I don't have data, because I'm in that. the middle of the airport, yep. and even though I loaded it already, my browser decides to reload it. <laughs> so what I've started doing is actually just doing a screenshot of the boarding pass, and then just having my phone there. Oh, that's good. Or tip. having my photos up there. Yeah. So that's that's what I do. I'm sure Apple Wallet is getting better if it isn't already improved from this, but I'm still using my text message to uh, URL to screenshot <laughs> method. It's a David tip. <laughs> oh, another good tip is that you should anytime you have a flight, get the app. You might as well get the app for the airline and mm-hmm. then see if you can check in ahead of time because a lot of airlines will let you just bypass the whole check-in line and just go straight to security. Yeah, exactly. Checking in ahead of time, having them send you the boarding pass and you don't even have to deal with the gate anymore or you don't have to deal with uh, going and checking in there. That's nice. So last tip is just to use Siri to convert currency. So this is really great for international travel. If you have data. If you have data, want, want, want. Well, no, but we've now told you how to get data. So totally. you're all going to go get yeah. data. <laughs> <laughs> so like in New Zealand, you recovered. In Italy, if, you know. Mm-hmm. In yeah. India, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it work? Um, all you, you know, you just hold down the home button to activate Siri. And for example, let's say you want to convert from pesos to U.S. dollars. So, hey, Siri, what is 500 pesos in dollars? And it'll come up $28 and something cents. So it's mm-hmm. super simple, super fast. Unless you can't use data, you don't need an extra app for mm-hmm. it. And I actually do have an app uh, that I use for that reason that it, I can right. use it when it's offline. And it's I think it's called Awanda Currency. Mm. Uh, and what I like about it is that I can use it offline. It has like a every currency to exchange but it'll nice. it'll remember your frequently used ones so if you're in a country it'll just keep that setting on so you i just tend to pull it up and uh you can just do the quick conversions right there cool. it's particularly useful to uh if you're in a country where you do a lot of negotiations <laughs> like i use this in india and nepal a lot because like i'm trying to i'm negotiating in rupees but i'm trying to figure out what i'm actually paying in dollars right. and i don't want to sit there with siri every time like hey siri hey siri totally so you can just kind of have it there and as you're talking to them be constantly converting it back and forth and helps with helps with negotiations <laughs> right i like negotiations instead of like haggling yeah, yeah. right <laughs> not haggling it's a negotiation <laughs> this a, tra- a travel tip not related to the iphone the best way to negotiate is to have fun with it. I watch all of these Americans come into these other countries and they get so mad at like these people trying up. to rip them off. And if you just smile and laugh and joke with these guys, yeah. it, it, you get A, you get better deals and B, it's a lot less stressful. That is a good tip. Yeah. Oh, one thing I didn't mention ahead of something you can do ahead of time of your trip is to get insurance. Mm. Um, it cost, I think, like 5 or $10. Oh, that's cheap. I just called my insurance company where I have insurance for my home and car and just asked them to add my phone to it for that period of time. So mm-hmm. it was just like a 
five minute conversation on the phone only cost me a few dollars. And that way I knew if I, my phone was stolen, I would be covered. And was there a deductible if it was stolen? Um, yeah, there was, I think of like 25 or $50. It was, it was, yeah, Yeah. it was worth it. It was something I didn't really, I wasn't sure I felt like I needed to do, but I'm glad I did because it is a nice peace of mind Mm -hmm. when you're going somewhere Mm -hmm. that, you know, chances are you could have something stolen. Yeah. What I do, I do something similar. Uh, I have renter's insurance and actually covers you from theft even while traveling. Oh, cool. Uh, But my renter's insurance has a $500 deductible. So for just your phone, it's not really, you know, you'd save a little bit of money, but not that much. But I often travel, these days when I travel overseas, I'm planning on working from there. So I have my iPhone, my iPad, my MacBook, and Mm -hmm. I have a lot of stuff, not to mention my passport and my clothes and everything else. So, uh, and I actually one time did get robbed in Costa Rica and lost all my stuff. Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, and yeah. I was covered for it. And the 500 deductible, suddenly when you have a MacBook and your Seriously? and your iPad and your iPhone, is not very much. So that's what yeah. I do. And I figure if just my phone gets stolen, well, you know, I'm out 500 bucks. But if everything gets stolen, I'm only out 500 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So how about, Donna, do you have some, what are some of your favorite apps or gear for traveling? Maybe we can just kind of alternate here. Do you have some apps and gear to to add in here? So let's just kind of go around and throw out some of our favorites. Sure. Go ahead. So for getting there, um, Gas Buddy, if you're driving, is really helpful because it shows you, no matter where you are, the cheapest gas in your area. So like for me, I love to take road trips. So if I'm on a long road trip... I don't, I want to spend the least amount of money on gas as possible. So wherever you're at, if you're getting low on gas, you can check within like a 30 mile radius and see, oh, the next gas station coming up is in half a mile. But if I wait for two more miles, I can get it for 20 cents cheaper a Mm, gallon. mm. Yeah, Gas Buddy is awesome. I like Airbnb. I, in general, Mm -hmm. prefer the kind of to get a taste of the area where you're traveling to instead of staying in a hotel. So the app lets you find a, like a, a place to stay that night. Airbnb, just for those of you who don't know, uh, sets you up to stay either in a room or an apartment to yourself uh, where someone else lives. And um, and usually, I mean, I've had really good experience with the hosts there that they kind of like take care of you. A lot of times they'll leave you like wine or like... Oh, that's some sweet. yeah, uh, some snacks or things like that, and like a list of places to go in the area. Like usually, it's a very personal, nice experience. I'm sure some people have had bad experiences, <laughs> but I haven't. Um, so I like Airbnb a lot. I like Yelp, places where it works. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't work in India. They didn't have Yelp there. But um, in general, I find like they have tons of. It's just used so much that there are a ton of user reviews for yeah. restaurants. Um, I. Oh, I also like Kayak. Kayak, mm, I feel yeah. like the, in general, is the best app for finding flights. Like usually they just include more airlines than other places do. Mm-hmm. I love Airbnb. I I've pretty much only use it when I travel now. I try to avoid hotels. Hotels are so like sterile and just isolated. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that feeling when you're traveling of like actually getting, especially internationally, like if I'm just going to some random city for some conference, I might do a hotel. But like when I was in New Zealand, I pretty much only used Airbnb and it was great. You got to know people, you got, mm-hmm. and they helped you to kind of learn the culture and learn the best places to go. Yeah, usually they have some pride in the like city where that you're yeah. in, and they want you to have a really good time. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's sweet. And also when I'm, because I often work, 
uh, while I'm traveling, it's really nice to have the house to, especially because well, they usually yeah. work too. I kind of had the house to myself and I had a whole house to work from as opposed to being cramped in a little hotel room. So do you usually get an apartment to yourself or do you No, you, like, I usually just get a room, host. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and it's nice. You get to know people. Um, a few others. I, I know this one's a pretty obvious one, uh, but I love Uber. <laughs> um, Uber has this new feature now. I don't know if you've gotten to use this, if either of you guys have gotten to use this while you're traveling. It's called Uber Pool. Um, do you know about this? I know about it. I haven't used it. So Uber Pool, basically what they do is, uh, in big cities, it's only available in, in big cities, uh, they, they, you have a cheaper rate, but they will pick up people along the way if somebody's on a similar route to you. Cool. Um, so it ends up, you end up saving a lot of money. They, they say you save like up to 50% or like often you save 50%. And I've used Uber Pool and sometimes they don't even pick anybody up. Um, but it makes it really, really affordable to travel much cheaper than a taxi. And I actually got to, like, I had fun conversations with the people who were in the car, so I didn't mind totally. that either. Um, a few other services and apps and gear. Uh, TripIt. I think I talked about this before, but TripIt is kind of a service and an app. So what it does is you sign up for it, and if you're using Gmail, it will scan your email uh, for uh, receipts from flight and hotel and Airbnb and car rental, That's and it'll awesome. import all of it into an itinerary for you. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're not using Gmail, I think it works for some of them, but you can always forward your email to them as well. So you can forward it to plans of trip it and it like, we'll do the same thing. So you end mm -hmm. up having all of your itinerary in one app, uh, in one location, then they have an app that works too. So you can pull it up and you can see, it'll tell you your gate you're traveling in, what gates your flights are, whether they're delayed. Uh, it'll send you an email reminding you to check in 24 hours in advance, mm -hmm. which is really nice for Southwest because <laughs> you get your seating priority based on when you yeah. check in. Um, and it also shows you alternative routes. And that that's come in handy for me a couple of times. If I had a flight that was canceled or I missed a flight, it shows me other routes. So when you go talk to the person at the airline, and you're like, hey, how can I get there? Sometimes they're not that helpful. And I've had times when I've pulled up the app and been like, actually, route me through Seattle. And they're like, oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. I had TripIt and I never used that feature. I think it might be. So there's TripIt, which is free. And I think all the features I mentioned were free except for maybe that last one. And also the email reminder. There's a TripIt Pro that's $50 a year that has more functionality that I have. So cool. I'm not sure what's free and what's not. But... Uh, I really love that service. I've got cool. a whole long list. What, do you guys have others though? <laughs> no, you can go for it because I feel well. One I was going to mention was Seamless because mm. uh, usually whenever I, when I go on a trip, there's a night or two that I don't want to leave the apartment, and Seamless will deliver food to you. Oh, I, I did and, that on my last trip. It was so nice. <laughs> and in general, like usually the the restaurants they have are good, mm -hmm. and so you can find like a really good usually cheap Thai place, for instance, that will deliver to you. And so I used that like when I was in New York and when I was in Chicago one time, it was awesome. Sounds good. Yelp has a competitor to that too. I'm trying to remember, it's called like Eat24 or something like that. There's a few of them in big cities. Uh. It's so nice. Everything just gets delivered to you. Yeah, and you just order the food through the app. <laughs> it's you like, can use 
I think you can use Touch ID to pay for the payment. I think you can yeah. use Apple Pay, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. I have one more. Go it's ahead. it's called Life Trekker. Okay. And it's actually a travel journaling app. But what I thought was so cool is as you're traveling, it has your location. So you have a map that shows the route you've taken. And as you travel, you can record videos, take pictures, make notes. And then at the end of your journey, you have like a map with all these different uh, notes and videos you've made. So it like cool. shows how you've done all these things along your way and you can review it and oh, cool. check it out. And I love that it's just connected to a map so that it really shows the full journey. Mm-hmm. Very cool. That's awesome. So I've got a bunch more, but we're kind of running out of time. And I feel like maybe we can just revisit this subject in a month or two and give mm-hmm. you close to travel and do a travel 2.0. Let me just, the last one though that I just recently discovered that is really a great one, it's not specifically for traveling, but it's great for traveling, is Splitwise. Do you guys know that Splitwise? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, it's so good. So basically Splitwise is a way to keep track of your finances while uh, that you're splitting with other people. Oh. And it, like, it sounds like a basic idea and there's a lot of apps that kind of do it, but Splitwise does it really well. So when you're traveling, rather than like every meal trying to divvy it up, you, you can be like, well, I'll get this one, and you enter the amount in Splitwise and who was there, mm-hmm. and then they do that. And over the course of a trip, it keeps track of the, the whole total of wow. like who owes who what and how much. That's awesome. And it integrates with Venmo. So at the end of the trip, oh. you just push a button and it just settles it. Whoa. That's so great because this is something that can be so awkward and you mm-hmm. don't you never want to feel like you're penny pinching with yeah. your friends. So that could just take all of that away. Yeah. And what what my friends and I usually do when we're traveling together is we'll just kind of alternate meals. So it's like, uh-huh. I'll get this one, you right. get that one. But sometimes, and this person always happens to be me, mm-hmm. some meals are more expensive than others. <laughs> and suddenly I'm the, I, when it's for some reason, when I'm paying three, like four bottles of wine, dessert, <laughs> and then I'm paying for that. And then you know, suddenly they want to go to Taco Bell the next meal. <laughs> so Splitwise is a more fair way to handle that situation. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, we've got a bunch more, but I think we're, we'll wrap it up and we'll do a travel 2.0 coming up soon. Sweet. Yeah, I hope you guys all have great travel plans for the summer. Yeah, and send us, send us your tips. So uh, podcast at iphonelife.com. Send us an email and tell us what travel apps and gear you like to use. Yeah, I feel like next time, too, we can include more domestic travel just because mm-hmm. you and I both happen to have gone on an yeah. in, in, international trip. So this was more focused on that. But And more gear. We, we I have a yeah, ton of gear to recommend, gear. too. So we can do a travel gear theme next time. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so let me give you guys a few other things to do. iPhoneLife.com slash insider to subscribe to iPhone Life Insider. iPhoneLife.com slash podcast to get a list of all of these things that we just mentioned and we'll link to them and uh link to the products and all that uh you send us an email like i just said at podcast at iphonelife.com iphonelife.com slash daily tip to subscribe to our free daily tip and iphonelife.com slash subscribe to subscribe to the magazine and get the print version and we just came <laughs> out with our latest issue the how-to guide so check that mm-hmm. out uh, and thanks everybody and tune in. We'll, we'll be back, uh, a week from Tuesday. Bye. Bye.